Hi there, I'm Lisa Kapala, and welcome to Episode 4, Season 2, is that right? I believe so. I think so, of Bridging the Digital Divide with my Sherpa guide, Brad McKenna from the library. Hello, Brad. Hey, Lisa. So let's talk about the name of our program. Yes. It's called Bridging the Digital Divide, right? So why is it called that? So my job is to help people get familiar with technology, and the term for that in the biz, as it were, is the digital divide. So it's the divide between the people who have access to technology and don't. And so as a technology librarian, as the people get gifted to technology and have no idea what they're looking at, I am the bridge over the divide. To get you are the bridge have. over the troubled yes, water. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So we just thought Robin uh, Dominic Arsenal gave us a tip and she said that maybe yeah. we should explain what that means. So thank you, Robin, yes. for that. Sometimes when you're in it, you're just in it. Yeah. You know, so thank you for providing us with that. So yeah. now you all know what the scoop is with bridging the digital divide. So, so today we're going to talk about something that Mike Shampoo asked us to cover uh, when we first kind of polled the town about what they might want to learn about on this show. One of the things he asked about was uh, 3D printing. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of put it off for a while, but here we are. Yes. There is a lot to know. There's a lot. Initially, I thought, wow, you know, a show on 3D printing? Really? How long <laughs> will that be? But I guess let's start with what really is 3D printing? Sure. It's um, <laughs> printing in three dimensions. Thanks, Brad. And that's <laughs> the end of our show done. today. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so there's, there's multiple ways of doing it, but uh, the, uh, the overall... Uh, the overarching theme is that you have a blueprint in your computer, you send it to a printer, and it, and it prints it in three dimensions in some material. The most common is plastic. Okay, so I have a little scoop for you guys. This is what I found. 3D printing, it's called additive manufacturing also. Yes. La-ti-da. It's a process of making three-dimensional solid objects from a digital file. So the creation of a 3D printed object is achieved by using additive processes. In an additive process, an object is created by laying down successive layers of material until the object is created. So this makes me think of medical diagnostic scans. Mm. They can kind of yeah. cut your body body parts into pieces. They can even pre-do the <laughs> surgery, which I think we talked about with Julie Chen. Yes. They can practice, as yeah. it were, before they get in there and cut your brain to shreds. But it made <laughs> me think of when you look at, I think that's called topography, medical yes. topography. When you look at that, it's usually layer upon layer. Yeah. So each of these layers can be seen as a thinly sliced horizontal cross-section of the eventual object. Yeah. So, wow. so the additive printing is uh, the layers you're talking about. The printer that we have, which is a low-end printer, is 70 miles microns thick, and that is 0.008 of an inch thick. So you're dealing with really, really small right. layers. And the additive is it puts down the first layer and then draws the second layer directly on top of it. Okay. So you can get really granular, and the details in the object can be really, really uh, small. Right. So, And I guess there are processes with this. You can't just stick an object on there and no. it copies, which is what I thought. I'm like, well, yeah. how would you do that? You stick your finger on there and it copies? No. You have to have modeling software yeah. first. So you need pieces to make this work, which I guess people probably are just out there thinking, oh, I just buy myself a 3D printer and I'm all set. It yeah. really doesn't work that way. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about the process of how it actually gets to be printed? Sure, yeah. So there's something called CAD, so computer-aided design. And so there are multiple applications that you can have and you design the file. Uh, you build whatever you want. Um, for, the li for, for the library, I usually point people towards an application called Tinkercad. I have that yeah. on my list. So it's just a browser-based software that you don't have to install anything. You just create an account, and then what it has, it has 
tools where you can like drag and drop uh, geometric shapes and then modify the thickness, the width, the height. Uh, you can create holes in it. You can merge multiple place, uh, pieces together, stuff like that. Um, and so it's, it's a really uh, easy way to get started with the CAD because that's the tough part. So as far as the library is concerned, we have the printer, but we need that file. It's called an STL file. It stands for stereolithography. If you can, so impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what you're. This is the type of file you're building in one of those CAD programs. All right. And so we have somebody build that STL file, and then we take that STL file, import it into the print the software that comes with the printer, and we can do very very little modifications in that, and then we send it and it prints. Okay, and that's spelled Tinker T A N K E R CAD, and they also offer beginner lessons, and they have a yeah. built-in option to get your object printed via various three D print services right. too. Yeah, I get it. They're referring out to their partners. Yes. Makes sense. But at least it's a way to kind of introduce yourself Started. to the technology mm-hmm. if you're interested. Okay. So what would you ever want to the 3D print if you could? So we get we get some pretty interesting things. For the most part, we have, um, unfortunately, for the most part, we have people bringing files that they got from like a repository. So okay. there's uh, something called Think- Thingiverse, which is um, a, a site that people can upload STL files in, for people to download, most of them for free. And so okay. we get a lot of that kind of stuff. But we got like what? Pick, like what? Toys, like Minecraft figures for like oh, kids and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, that um, makes sense. But uh, we had a few. We have a few people. I'll talk about the board game thing later. But um, we had a few people come in, and one guy found uh, a gas cap for his lawnmower on Thingiverse, and he printed that out because he had lost his gas cap. We had another. This is one. wild to yeah. me. When you really think yeah. about it, something that was not touchable yeah. suddenly is. Yeah. You know, you think of Xerox, that's what we right. used to call them back in the day, right? Yes. It's really a copy. But when you think about that, let me tell you, Brad, when that first came out, yeah. that was miraculous. Yeah. We used to use mimeograph, which was like carbon yes. copy paper, and you would roll that yeah. on a printer to get the copies. Right. And then somebody automated that. But the next best thing yeah. was a standard one-dimensional copy or is that two-dimensional two-dimensional yeah (laughs) even worse two-dimensional copy and now we have an actual tangible thing now the only time i've ever seen anything 3d printed and i haven't even seen it in real life was on an episode of a program i watched where someone created a gun they manufactured a 3d yeah there's the big controversy i know there's controversy about that but i have heard that manufacturing a gun that way 3d printing there's not a lot of accuracy there Thank God. Yeah. Really. Um, but I guess the firing mechanism and the pin and things like that are very sensitive, delicate items. So I guess you could maybe 3D make the pieces separately, but to make them all as one use it, it's unit, it's not as usable because that need, scares me. Yeah, you need multiple materials. So the controversy about the guy who uploaded his uh, design for 3D, it was like the liberate, Liberator. Yeah, that's what it was called. And the issue is that you can only use one material to print, and so you can print the gun as plastic, but the firing pin that actually hits uh-huh. the plastic cap has to be metal. And you know why that's nice, Brad? Yeah. Because they have metal detectors yeah. on planes, and, right? And that's it's a federal law. Yeah. The, uh, what is it? The Undetectable Firearms Act Good. requires that guns have to be Phew. metal. Good. I feel so much better. (laughs) But there are lots of applications that I didn't think of. Um, I don't know what I would want to print, but I do like that you can actually print a house. Oh, yes, I heard about that. (laughs) A whole house. Can you imagine? They use robotics to do it. They pre-design it with the CAD system, and it just sprays the concrete in layers. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's what? fantastic. One thing that people don't realize is it takes a long time to print. So we have we right. we have the example I give is like there's uh, we the printer we have is called Lulzbot. It's I don't know whatever. Um, it's a it's a great printer, funny name. But they they're a mascot, if you will, is an octopus. Oh. And the octopus is like one, the one that we print is like one and a half cubic inches and it takes an hour to print. Wow. So it takes a long time to print stuff. And so uh, to print a house, uh, they probably have a higher end printer. Sometimes. But it's still going to take some, some, time. some time. And I, you know, here's what I'm thinking out loud, just thinking weather. Okay. You yeah. must have to cover it with a tarp while it's building, while it's printing, because if there were any kind of yeah, weather. Yeah. Yeah. Depend- I mean... Yeah, I'm sure these folks have thought it through. Yeah, they, but you know, right. we're just doing this <laughs> in the moment. So I guess um, this is going up. This 3D printing is pretty much everywhere, and we're going to see it more in the first half of 2017. Mostly consumer goods were what we saw: 17 percent, industrial goods 17 percent, high tech 13 percent, services 9 percent, and healthcare only 7 percent. But I suspect that's because yeah. they've already got some other things that they're working with. I think they know? know what they're doing, so yeah. they're not like there's not as many uses because they're not spitballing ideas. Like, right. So the, what you were talking about earlier, the biomedical engineering is just fantastic. So the greatest example I think you mentioned was like neurosurgeons now can take right. a, an MRI of their patient's brain with the tumor and everything yes. printed out in practice. Which is pretty cool. It's fantastic. I, I kind of like to see that. You yeah. know, your own head. You get to yeah, see right. inside <laughs> your own head. That's, that's pretty deep. Yes. And I wonder if someday they'll be manufacturing, they probably are already doing it, replacement human parts, probably 3D, right? Prosthetics is another big one. Is because up until 3D printing became popular, you would have to fit the the prosthetic to the amputated limb. Right. And here you can take a scan of the amputated part of the the body and and mold it to fit the person instead That's of having so to wild. do the other way around. That's so wild. And pr- so much more beneficial yes. for the patient, too. It la- lasts longer, yeah. feels better. And Yeah, and it just mm-hmm. feels like it's a part of you probably right. more. I will bet you someday in the sci-fi world yeah. that they'll probably be able to take human cells and 3D print with them, I bet. I, the sky's the limit. And I don't you know. heard it here first, <laughs> but I, I'll bet you they'll be able to do that. Yeah. The, the way to change human cell tissue to use it as an additive and then get it to stick together and you can make your own lungs you and whatever yeah. else you need. The yeah. spleen, which we never use, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, what about buying a 3D printer for your home? Yeah, they're, they're affordable. So we have what they call a desktop model and ours costs like $1,200. You, if, yeah. If, so it's not real. That's why the library has it and the patrons don't because yeah. it's kind of still pricey. Mm. Um, but you can get Da Vinci, I think is the name of the company. You can go online and order it from them, but you have to assemble it yourself. Yes, these are do-it-yourself mm-hmm. assembly kits. It says semi-assembled, which, yeah, really. you know I'll be calling you to come over yeah. and help me with that, Brad, right? Um, also, the research I did said there's a good chance you'll run into problems when you buy the printer, either from the design end or the design not being compatible with the printing. So I guess there's some bugs to work out sure. before we do the in-home situation. Uh, yeah, so movie props they're printing, too. They're make, taking yeah. things from the olden days, <laughs> like my time, and they're remaking them. Also in education, in schools, yeah. um, they're making little towns. They're actually replicating oh. towns and making models. It makes me think of a show called The Brady Bunch, Brad. Oh, yeah, I The Brady Bunch. Yeah. Reruns. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the father, Mr. Brady, he was an architect. architect. He used to make those little models yeah. of yeah. all the different buildings he designed, yeah. right? But they have kids actually 
recreating 3D printed replicas of their town. That's fantastic. That's so much more fun than a roadmap that you have to fold, right? (laughs) They're also using it in universities, of course. For years they've been doing that. But prototyping is the big thing. Rapid prototyping. So let's talk about that. So we had had somebody uh, who's a board game designer in uh, in town, and he was actually printing... uh, pieces that he wanted to ship off but he needed to make adjustments and so what a lot of people do is they print they have a file they print it and see where they need to make changes go back to the cad file make the changes print it again i had somebody come in he he, he raced model sailboats and so like the rigging we're talking about something that's like a foot long and the rigging is like three feet high and so right. the ropes have to go through these like pulleys and so you're dealing with Something with the the thickness of like a human hair, and so he had to like really tinker with right. that kind of stuff. And he would go, he would come in, and he would print these, and like the hole wouldn't be right, so we'd make an adjustment, print it that way. And so before the three D printing industry was around, you would have to send like a, a manufacturing company the file, and they would print a hundred of them for you. And How like, nice of them for right, a small right. fee. Right, because you can only order, right? You can only order in big batches to right. make it worth their while. Interesting. But now a lot of these people are able to tinker and make it themselves wow. and save a lot of money. That so way. you could make your own game at home mm-hmm. using your own family members as pieces. Yeah. How cool would that be yeah. for a Christmas gift? <laughs> what does it cost to use the printer at the library? The That's free. Fee. Yeah, it's funded, by, it's funded by the Friends of the Library. So like we wow. still have the, the printer, the, uh, the cartridges, the fil- they call the filaments, so the plastics. Mm-hmm. It's free. So. Okay, so is it smelly or noisy? So it can be a little smelly because it's basically melting plastic. So it heats up to 207 degrees Celsius, not Fahrenheit, Celsius. So the boiling point of water is 100. That gives you a sense of how hot it is. All right. Um, And so it... Um, it can be a little smelly, but we actually, we built, um, it comes with an enclosure. So it's like this plastic cage that goes around it to make it quieter. Um, so it's, uh, it's if you're sitting right next to it and it's right near the public computers, it, it, you get some background noise. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not too bad. The previous one we had was really loud that we couldn't keep it out. So it depends on the model. Mm. Do we know if places that copy centers, do they have 3D printers? I wonder if they do. I don't believe You know, so. I've never been like, to like, like a Staples or, or, yeah, for 3D printing, but that's probably the wave of the future too. That'll be coming next, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of things um, 3D printing is used for also the automotive industries. Yes. But you know, interestingly enough, we talk about this a lot, li- eliminating the human aspect. So you've got a line where all these guys are doing all this work and then if you're having all these parts manufactured by 3D printer, that means that the guy who works that machine probably isn't going to have to do that or he's going to have to know the technology for the 3D printing. And I'm concerned with our manufacturing industries as it is, we're losing more and more that way. So I wonder how that's going to affect some of these industries. I know one of the good things about it is they don't have to keep a stockpile of parts because they can just make them on the fly, which is good. So if you're a small business, you don't have to keep 50 widgets. You only have to keep five and then you can make them as you need them. So that's the good part of it. So I mean, the technology, you're always at risk of losing jobs. So what uh, a lot of uh, car companies are doing are like Basically, doing their own rapid prototyping with much on a much larger scale, not like numbers, just size. And like, if they needed to change the dashboard dashboard configuration of the new model, whatever, they print it out, and then the people in the uh, assembly line would fit it in to see if it works. And if it didn't, they would go back and make the changes. So, three D printing really isn't yet used for mass production. It's rather uh, prototyping. 
Right. But it's going to happen because as time goes on and the cost for the units gets lower and the technology gets better, you'll just buy 70 or 80 3D printers. But then you need people to mint them. uh, I hope you do. uh, I really hope you do. One guy just doesn't sit behind a computer and, and... It'd be a different you know, skill, right? They'd have to learn the CAD program or, you know, maintaining the printers or fixing yeah. the printers. So it would be, right. I think it's more of a shift, but yeah, technology. So for all of our youth way. listening, get into yeah, 3D really. printing yeah. now because <laughs> it's going to be a good job to have. They are also using it for food. This is very interesting. Yes. 3D printing is allowing for odd kinds of foods to come about, shape-changing or transparent pasta. <laughs> what? Oh, right. Yeah, yes. So it depends on the, the type of material that you're using. So each printer can only usually deal with one type of material, and there is a, there's a certain number of printers that can print with, like, sugars or, right. or kind of like stuff like that. Imagine how sticky and messy like that would be for yeah, the printer, especially with the heat. There's got to be mm-hmm. something special they yep. do. Yeah, th- so every material is going to have different kind of temperature requirements and cleanup requirements. Oh, fun, fun. (laughs) It also makes me think of, um, you know, you've seen cupcakes or things with logos on them, although that's not 3D. That's another way of printing with food that I hadn't really thought about because you always think, is that edible? You know, when I was growing up, you (laughs) took the flag out, you took the cookie off, you didn't eat it. But now you can pretty much eat anything that's on there most of the time. Uh, Even NASA is getting in on the act with pizza printed in space. That's Oh, that's right, because it saves its... um, Right, because it's lighter. It's lighter to bring a 3D printer up there with the materials to construct the items than it is to to have the items pre-assembled and ship up. Because when you're talking about the escape velocity, you need to make sure that it's light enough to get out of the gravitational Crazy. pull. And so that's that's fantastic. Crazy. And, of course, fashion and jewelry making, too. Jewelry making is big. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that would make sense because yeah. all those little trinkety yeah. pieces and you can design them yourself. Really intricate. And yeah. the thing with fashion they're doing now, too, you can actually give your dimensions, you know, your your size, yeah. and you can measure everything, yeah. and then it will make you a custom-made yeah. garment, which is pretty cool. Yes. And that'll get sent right to you. Yeah, that's I'm fantastic. sure, again, there's a nice small <laughs> fee for that. Yeah. So I guess what do people need to consider when they're thinking about 3D printing any type of object? What are the things they need to ask themselves? Um how good you are at thinking three dimensions because it's 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 very different if you're good at drawing you may not be good at des- designing in three in three dimensions because it's really because it's, it's 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 exponentially harder right every dimension you add and so it's difficult to design so like I would sort I would suggest people just try the CAD, just try it like Tinkercad. Okay, so or when they come to the library, yeah. are they going to use the Tinkercad there, or do they are they supposed to bring the thing already CAD designed to you? In other words, I'm not going to come down with my little Snoopy game piece, <laughs> and you're just going to pop it in the printer. It's going to print. It doesn't work. We don't, that yeah, way. we don't have a scanner because the scanning technology is behind the 3D printing technology, and so it really doesn't. There are scanners out there, but for bigger objects. Um, so yeah, you, you'd want to do it before you came to the library because the printer doesn't get involved until you have a file. Okay. You're certainly welcome to come down to the library and I can show you around Tinkercad. Right. But you, again, you don't need the printer until you have something to print. Okay. And what about copyright infringement? That's got to come into play. You can't really be making 3D copies of things that are copyrighted, can you? Or can no, you? I mean, I mean, when you make a, quote, Xerox of something, there's nobody there to catch you doing it, right? But when you're 3D printing... I don't know. That seems more tangible to me and more 
infringing, I guess, than the printed. Yeah, page. if if you're get, if you're getting a file from one of those repositories, they are they have what they call a Creative Commons license, so you can. Most of the time, as long as you're not making money or claiming it as your own, you're you're okay with with copyright. Um, but like the scanning of something really isn't something that you're going to be able to do because uh, that's still too high end. Uh, designing the file yourself or uh, helping somebody having having somebody else design it for you. I mean, I'm not sure how the copyright works with that. Well, someone will have to figure yeah. that out and get back to us, right? It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. How yeah. long is 3D printing? Well, how long have you had the printer at the library? We've had the 3D printer for three years. We had the previous model from um, 3D Systems, and now we have the Lulz bought from AdElf company. Mm-hmm. So the 3D, 3D Systems was, they have... Uh, a headquarters, well, headquarters, a location over in Andover. Um, and Chuck Hull was the founder of 3D Systems, and he was also the person who is responsible for STL, the, the concept of designing in three dimensions. And he, he came up with stereolithography in 1983. So 3D printing has this been just around blows for blows my mind when you say so these years. things to me. You know, I yeah. think it's the new thing. Right. It's kind of like people who reach stardom overnight. You always see their interviews and they say, yeah. this was not no. overnight. I've been doing no. this forever. So I guess it's just till it reaches critical mass and yeah. becomes a, a player in the game of our lives. That, yep. Yeah, that mm-hmm. we end up becoming more integrated yep. with that. So we're going to get ready for your food for thought. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. So I mentioned earlier that we have a patron who uh, is a board game designer, and he came in and used the previous, actually he used both printers now, to design and rapid prototype certain parts. And and as he got a complete set of his board game ready, he shipped it off and got it mass produced. And now we actually have one of those board games in the library to check out. It's called Moonquake Escape. Um, And it's just fantastic because we were able to see it in the design phase. We were able to uh, be part of the development of this game. And now people can actually play it. That is pretty neat. It's pretty good. That is pretty neat. Well, I think 3D printing is definitely going to change the nature of commerce for sure. It's going to change the way we do things at home, too. And I know there are going to be more services, like like we said, Staples or something, who are going to be providing 3D printing. There's also going to have to be some legislation, too, about how that's going to work. The the guns, because the guy wanted to release the the CAD file for his uh, his 3D printed gun, and it was put a hold on it because it violates a lot of different things. I'm sure you can get that on the dark web, which we didn't ever... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We did a podcast on that a few months ago. I don't recommend you do it, but I'm sure it's yeah. there with the anarchist cookbook and everything yeah. else, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, I don't know, Brad. Anything else we should tell them before we close today? Uh, I don't think so. I think just if you're curious, come down to the library and I have like test or temp files I can I can print out so you can see the process. It just takes a while. So like patience, if you're interested right. in patience and the design is more important than the print because that's where everything starts. Right. And the, the, our, the library's role is like click and forget it because right. there's nothing we can really do. <laughs> and our good old friend YouTube yes. has plenty oh, and God, plenty yeah. of videos that you can look at that show you 3D printing. Also, they show you how to do CAD drawing too. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how easy it would be you know, to navigate that if you're at home with YouTube trying it, but you can certainly look there first and then if you want to see it for real, mm-hmm. just come see our buddy Brad. That's Let's right. tell the folks about the companion page and then we'll talk about some of the shows we're going to do in the future. Sure. So we, every show that we We've done and uh, more information on each of those shows is at uh, on the Wilmington Library site, which is wilmlibrary.org/bdd. 
uh, the current pay the current show will be up and you can also comment on that so let us know if there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a question about a previous show beautiful all right and I guess let's see we're going to do a show on internet addiction yes. at some point we're also going to talk about the web worldwide how do other countries use it what are oh, their yeah. guidelines yeah what's going on in the rest of the universe it's really what, interesting. do they have net neutrality yeah, or there's not an interesting thing in right now places, Google you know? Google isn't in China because they won't censor it and they're now thinking about going back there. I'm telling you, we are just right on the cutting edge here in Wilmington, (laughs) Massachusetts. But we thank you, as always, for listening, and we hope you'll be back again soon for Bridging the Digital Divide.